Well, well, well. It isn't Rude Jesus and Chad Thoreau. What's up, man? How's it going? Yo, guys. GM. Another day, another GM. Another Chad's talking Thorchain. Hey, welcome back, everybody. I had a nice gap week last week. That was relaxing. Oh, yeah. Such a, such a relaxing week. <laughs> Ah, but you guys, it was rough as shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling that for sure. <laughs> it's all good. This is how crypto land works. Definitely. Many lessons learned. Yeah, I had a nice little break last week. And people will learn again. Nice to be back here with you guys. Because I, like, I, I always have a bunch of fun on these spaces. And it's good to, you know, it is like informational and it's uh you know forward looking and uh you know a lot, lot better vibes here than uh elsewhere so let's, let's keep let's keep it like that on this so we gotta oh let me let me pin the agenda up here we can get started in a couple minutes yeah were people waiting for this one is it 87 people in here already like four minutes in that's, that's the thing it's unheard of for our space this quickly people missed the gap the gap week right the pent up fortune energy you know, like a TV show that, that takes like a couple weeks break before like the season finale or something like that. I, like, I don't think this is the season finale. But <laughs> <laughs> wow. Do you, do you know something that I don't know? <laughs> season finale of the dumping, hopefully. Also have, uh, have Pluto here. We can, uh, Pluto's going to talk about um, this new ADR process. So we can talk about that in a little bit. But uh, thanks for being here, Pluto. Yeah, sure, no problem. Just let me know. We can tap in and discuss that whenever. Yeah, sure. So I, we should probably just talk about the status first, uh, and then we can go into the ADRs because I think that's like you know one kind of precedes uh, the other in in terms of like you know one is the consequence of learning <laughs> this this ADR uh, ADR process. So Orion also wants to come up. Hey, Orion. No. Um, yeah, I'm happy to happy to share some of the uh, Terra snapshotting stuff. Uh, yeah, when we're ready to rock and roll. Yeah, let's do it. Let's just do a quick intro first. So I'll start. Uh, this is Familiar Cow from Nine Realms. This is Chad B from the uh, Core Dev Team. Chad Thoreau, community member and uh, ThorSwap content. I'm Pluto. I work on Dev infrastructure and security at Nine Realms. This is Orion. Uh, work on all sorts of all sorts of stuff, uh, but at Nine Realms, and uh, yeah, have been helping with the TFL uh, Terra snapshotting stuff recently. And shut the row. I already went. <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. All right, all let's uh, let's get into it. So, with the the Luna liquidity pools, right now, uh, trading is not open on the Luna liquidity pools after it was closed uh, automatically weeks ago, and uh, withdrawals are enabled, but only enabled uh, from the same direction that was deposited. So if you deposited symmetrically, you can symmetrically withdraw. And if you deposited asymmetrically, I believe you can asymmetrically withdraw. And right now, uh, the nodes on the Thorchain network are voting as to uh, what will happen next. And currently, that's that's leaning very closely towards uh, Ragnaroking the chain and returning funds back to uh, the LPs automatically. So uh, with that, I would say uh, LPs should consider withdrawing their funds before it's done uh, automatically for them. But that the vote is not passed yet, and it, it's looking like it will very soon. Uh, it's almost reached consensus, it looks like. 
Cool. Maybe we can go over uh, exactly like how the Ragnarok process would look like if people people do wait. Yeah, I'm pulling that up right now. Uh, Chad, do, do you know? Um, have you looked into the the Ragnarok process? I'm, I'm pulling up the, uh, the GitLab issue. Um, so like probably talking to me. Which, which Chad? You? Oh yeah, Chad. <laughs> yeah, Rune Jesus, Bedford. <laughs> Rune Jesus. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so right now the uh, team is working on a PR that would allow the node operators to, to basically like Ragnarok a particular pool, which of course, once that gets merged and deployed, the nodes can vote to Ragnarok uh, UST, and then once the UST is Ragnarok, we can Ragnarok Luna, uh, and then, then once that happens, they make some, another code uh, change that just basically um, gets the, node, the nodes themselves to spin down uh, Terra. And all the infrastructure on the infrastructure side of things. I think that's unless I'm missing something. I think that's it in a nutshell. Yep. So basically, uh, if this vote passes, which it's it's looking like that, it's going to go through. Um, you know, within a, a couple hours, likely there's 59 currently voting in favor. I, I believe it's 66 percent that need to uh, that need to agree in order to start the Ragnarok. And I believe a software update needs to happen first for this. Correct. Correct. So uh, you know, once the software update is, is deployed and this this vote happens, then uh, the Terra chains will start to Ragnarok and automatically return funds to LPs. So if you don't want to wait for that to happen and you're an LP, uh, you should probably withdraw, although you should make your own determination, I guess. Uh, and o- Orion has been working hard on getting LP info to the TFL team for the Luna V2 snapshot. So it's probably a good time to talk about that. Yeah, so the kind of this is all kind of an evolving uh, process, so things might change. But the current state of play is that um, I've provided TFL with a list of the Terra uh, addresses for all of our all of Fortune's vaults. So that's the Asgard and Yggdrasils. Um, there's a list of uh, I think it's 113 addresses um, because we had a um, turn th- uh, throughout the snapshotting um, uh, windows, um, and they're going to take those. Uh, calculate the balances, and then there will be uh, the the balance of the sum of all of those vaults uh, at each snapshotting period will be earmarked for the Thorchain community. Um, after the dust settles with uh, kind of the uh, Terra 2.0 getting spun up, um, then we'll work with um, the the community there to be able to distribute that to um, to uh, users. Um, it, it's a very. It seems like it's going to be a manual process. Um, so I'm in contact with them uh, regularly to make sure that we have the latest uh, information there. But that's kind of the current state of play. Um, it's not going to be an immediate thing, um, but but I just wanted to make sure that our community is is as supported as it can be. Yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. I know there's probably a lot of people who uh, are affected by you know the whole Luna thing. So these efforts are definitely not uh, falling upon people who uh, you know are, are ungrateful and everyone's uh you know everyone, everyone should thank orion for you know taking this into consideration and helping out the, the lps with this uh snapshot business because this is all just kind of like you know everyone's just trying to uh you know get out of this safely and you know so we can finally move on with our lives best tara absolutely happy happy to do it and i'd also say a uh, big thanks to uh, thorchain bull um for for helping to facilitate the conversation with TFL and uh, there's been a, a number of other community members like basic in the uh, dev discord that have stepped up to, to assist. So it's, it's a community effort and uh, yeah, doing the best that we can for, for uh, the 13 community. Sweet. Um, 
And we can go into some comms improvements. And this, this kind of goes uh, along with governance as well. So this is a new uh, ADR process that's being spearheaded by uh, Pluto. And it's, it's being implemented it's basically a way to uh, signal goods and contributors to the protocol to signal for uh, new features. So uh, Pluto, let, let's hear about the new ADR process. And we can maybe, uh, you know, you can give a high-level overview. And then we can go into uh, maybe some of the more nitty-gritty on what ADR process means and exactly how it works. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so yeah, if someone wants to pin the tweet thread um, that I that I put out yesterday, that's probably a good primer for anyone who likes to read text a bit more. Um, but yeah, so you know, just just going to start off by saying one thing that this is still very much a proposal. Um, none of this is finalized. Uh, I mean, Pluto, I'm sorry, it's a little hard to hear if, if you have a microphone or something like that. Sorry. Yeah, I'm going to try to go somewhere a little bit quieter. I'm sorry, I just, uh, we're going to hook our lobby. Um, how's this? Is this a little better? It seems like your mic is just kind of covered, maybe, or something. It's just a little muffled. How about now, guys? Nope. Uh, seems about this, it, it's about the same. <laughs> we can hear you. It's just a, it's just a little hard, but me, I think just go with it. Okay. Couldn't hear you rolling eyes. I think you went, went the wrong direction. <laughs> hey, how's this? That's better. It's quiet, but it's, it's better. better work, okay. um, oh, how about this? How about this one? Is better? No, we're going off the rails here. <laughs> it's, it's not working. All right. Um, you know, I'm just gonna. We're probably just gonna have to save this for uh, a different time, and, and we can discuss this next time. All right. Next time. Next time's fine too. Yeah. Sounds true. Um. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's fine. We can go into that. Um. So. Uh. With, with the other. Well, actually, Pluto. I think it, it'd be good to do like another, like a separate, like dedicated thing to the, the ADR process, like maybe in in Discord or something like that, uh, just to gather feedback. And uh, and stuff on on the process because you know it's still it's still a work in progress getting this implemented into the Thorchain like governance structure if you will so um, maybe like a dedicated thing to the ADRs would be really good if if uh, if we can do that next week if you're done so all right so with the uh, other uh, the comps thing so the ADR process is sort of a new like signaling slash governance mechanism uh, that that's being implemented and along with that. Uh, Nine Realms is, uh, you know, taking a lead on doing some more comms improvements, including uh, submitting weekly development goals on Mondays, on Wednesdays, uh, filling the weekly chain integration updates, which was posted by Eridanus this week, and all that in a second. And then on Fridays, going over the the status towards the weekly goals that were uh, reported on my show. The, the, the first one will be submitted a little bit later after this call, so I can put stuff together and then uh, get it out there. But we can quickly go over... Uh, what was sent out for the, uh, the the chain updates. So that is the chain in- integration updates for Atom and AVAX, uh, which is being worked on by Aerodonis and Pluto. One sec, let me just pull this up here. All right, so uh, with Atom, uh, currently the unit and smoke tests are in progress and close to being ready for review. And uh, pretty similar to uh, Terra implementation-wise, so um, this would likely be the next chain coming to ThorChain, uh, and that's the, the, the Gaia Hub Atom uh, coin. And 
also uh, ABEX uh, Avalanche, and they're working up the first drafts of the chain client and the shared EVM components, and the router contract is done. And then also there's some work, there's work being done on, on Dash. The smoke tests are wrapping up there, and it's close to ready for review. And uh, yeah, and then there's, there's other chains that are uh, maybe not as close for addition, uh, but other things are being worked on as well, as along with aggregators to go along with these new chains. So uh, you know, development is still going at full speed for all of these new, uh, all these new chain integrations, and along going along with that, the aggregators that will um, really make the, the chain additions really powerful by letting you go right to uh, you know long tail assets right from the new integrations. Anyone have anything to add on those uh, chain additions? Uh, yeah, I think these chains are going to be really positive, uh, really good for the network. Um, we're also trying to work with um, the, the community behind Adam and, and Avalanche as well to, to kind of support and that kind of stuff. So that when we do launch this thing, there's this kind of a, a you know a PR push to get those communities to kind of sign up and sign on in a sense. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Yeah, really exciting to see those two chains sounding uh, pretty close. I think they're both really important kind of top priority ones to get out. So great job uh, moving those forward. And it uh, also like those those teasers in the in the dev Discord round sounds like uh, maybe some things already kind of lined up with with Avalanche. So we'll see what happens there. I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think that the Avalanche one will be uh, that, that's really exciting. Uh, and and Adam too. But both of these are yeah you know very very popular in the space. And you know hopefully I mean what everyone wants is to drive uh, to drive TBL and to add, just add more connections because that's what that's what that's what the people want is more more chain connections i think um you know that's what should be done so that that's being worked on yeah a lot of the people in the community like i know smith's in the audience he was one of these people that are talking about um really wanting to see uh, like a go, low gas uh, you know um evm chain and and like avalanche or, or, or buying a smart chain or like one of these kind of types so it's good to finally get one of those kind of belt. And then we're also working with the like various DEXs of these environments, right? To get them to like integrate with Fortune directly, uh, using also like declaration thing, which we're gonna we're gonna dive into that a little bit later on. But but uh yeah, getting them not not only just getting the layer one assets on our chain, but also get their communities to integrate with ours. Which we were in the middle of doing with Terra, and that was all kind of being worked on and coming downstream and then that obviously is not going to happen at this point for obvious reasons, but like to, to get like not just allowing the movement of assets, but like integrating the two communities in a more fundamental sense, uh, which is something that like I think we want to see a lot of that in the future. Yeah. And also this kind of ties in with this new ADR process because the, the signaling of what chains to add, um, ultimately the final decision is always up to the nodes of the network, the, the nodes that actually run the network. And uh, they're the ones that decide whether, uh, you know, chains will actually see the light of day on Thorchain or not. So this new ADR process can and should be used for, for the addition of uh, new chains. So this is kind of the, the new process of uh, nodes signaling whether they want a chain added before uh, the work is actually done to add something. Because uh, with, without like basically the sign-off of, uh, of the operators of the network, it, it, the, the chain can't be added. So if there's... Uh, questions as to the security or uh you know anything regarding whether a a chain should even be on the network or not in in the in the first place uh it's always up to the node so this new adr process should make it so uh it's able to be signaled before work has been done uh to, to actually put the chain onto the network if that makes sense 
So yeah, I'm looking forward to see how the how the new uh, process works with especially signaling and uh, development of new new chains that we haven't even discussed yet. So that's likely what's going to happen going forward. All right, so we can go on to other stuff. Unless you guys have some depth. Sure. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. All right. Other stuff. Kyle. Uh, LF yes. fucking G, man. LF fucking G. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, Chad. <laughs> I'm just playing around. Light, light the mood a little bit. Play around. <laughs> Chad's ready to ready to fucking go with new chains. All this new chain talk just you know gets gets the chads going. <laughs> I, I am so ready. I, I'm so ready to, to move on. Oh yeah. <laughs> It's like a bad breakup, you know? It's like, you know, <laughs> right right now, everyone's kind of feeling it. Everyone's a little, like, bad. That, that's the way that uh, that we thought that was going to go. But, um, you know, only only option is to to move forward and move on with more chain integrations, more features, keep uh, keep shipping, keep making DoorChain better than, uh, <laughs> than it can be. Yeah, man, she took my favorite sweatshirt. Like, I, I can't go to my favorite restaurant anymore because I always I, I always just think of us there. Oh, man. It, it's, it's, gonna, it's, good, it's, it's, it's a real breakup period. Well, we'll get through it. We can move on. We'll rebuild all that shit. Like, you know. 100%. This is barely a kick in the arm, if, if that. Exactly. Yeah, that, honestly, it's like such a beautiful thing to see in, in this community is just like the ambition and drive forward, like under any circumstances. It's just like, really impressive so yeah props to nine realms and all the stuff that's being pushed out right now all the new chains all the all the core team ideas that have been coming out it's just it's really cool to see like full speed ahead and just like focus uh in a time of like you know broader turmoil (laughs) so really cool to see all right let's just get through a couple more things then we can open up for questions uh first mainnet soon with the trademark um anything to say about um mainnet should (laughs) Yeah, so like we, I mean, we're already ready for Bennett, Really, there's nothing more that we can do within within our community. But we were just kind of waiting for uh, this partner to make an announcement, blah blah thing, whatever. But then like Terra happened, and you know, you know, every every team in, in crypto just was in a kind of in a fire drill scenario, and like everything got pushed back, and you know, so they had to refocus their energy on all that stuff, and not so much on you know, uh, like our, our partnership. And so I am um, I'm assuming it's still pretty pretty close by, but I, I haven't spoken to them recently personally, so I'm not quite sure. But part of me is just like, I'm just so tempted just to move forward without them. And then they'll just announce their own thing, you know, later on, you know, at some point, whenever they, whenever they get their, their ducks in a row in a sense, and just like, we're ready to go. Like, I'm ready to go. It's just, you know, LFG, man, let's just go. Let's get this thing moving. <laughs> we're waiting long enough. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, we also have Dex Aggregator, which should be like very, very, very soon. Is that, is that the next update? Uh, for the Dex aggregator, yeah, it's supposed to be coming out in the next update. Um, and then once that launches, you'll be able, you'll be able to do both swap in and swap out Dex aggregation uh, on the network um, from a, like from a core functionality perspective. And then it's about UIs integrating with that. And sure, ThorSwap will probably be one of the first that you can like, you know, swap uh, Bitcoin to like Chainlink or something like this or whatever, um, or something something even else. Like they can they can send their stuff to someone else or received from someone like so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that kind of pans out and the nine realms team uh will be doing a lot of like biz dev over the next like six months to a year to kind of like drum up support for those other dexes to integrate which i don't understand why they wouldn't do it like it just seems like a no-brainer like there's no downside other than the effort it takes to, to kind of hook in but you get access to like 
layer one assets on every other chain and uh, um, uh, and ecosystem. It's just like there's no other than just like dev priorities. There's like no rationale to not do this. At least in my view. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that we found is that it's the yeah, it's just fitting into the these existing uh, roadmaps for these teams, and so that's where uh, Pluto, Eridanus, and uh, other folks in the community are working to just make it as as turnkey as possible. Um, but that's that's been the main point of friction is like they recognize the value, but it, they just don't have cycles uh, to devote to it. Yeah, I know on the on the Thorswap side, uh, I know the tech stuff is is done, just some front end uh, UI stuff still being put together, but I'm sure. ThorSwap will be pretty much right behind the, uh, like the, the, it's a 1.90, right? So I guess when that goes live, like hopefully soon after it'll be possible there. And then, yeah, very exciting once it, once we kind of see it proliferate the broader ecosystem. And yeah, like, like Chad said, you know, like, why wouldn't you do it? It's like just going to make every DEX better. So I can, I, can you just like imagine like if like a DEX out there's like Bitcoin, why the hell would I want to exchange with Bitcoin? <laughs> Are, are you sure people want that? I mean, <laughs> I remember I was talking to one group, one group, and I won't say which one because I don't want to embarrass them. But like, they were just like, "Well, we already have WBDC," and I'm just like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about? Did you just say that to me?" <laughs> yeah, it's already doing like you know ten billion dollars. So I mean, why would people want to switch to the real thing? <laughs> why would people want access to a what is it six hundred or seven hundred billion dollar asset? No, <laughs> we, we should we should abolish Bitcoin and only use wrapped Bitcoin. Like we should just all agree not to use Bitcoin, and we'll, we'll all just use Bitcoin on Ethereum. Yeah, layer one Bitcoin is the fake Bitcoin. WBC and these things are the real Bitcoin. <laughs> Yeah, it's coming though. Like it, it just gonna, it, like Ryan said, it just takes time for the LEDs to to like get their shit together and and they have their own like technical priorities and, and like roadmaps and all this kind of stuff. And I, and as Ryan was also saying about Eridanus and Flutter working on you know making it easier for them to do it, you know, in a very quicker, easier way to do it. So it's just gonna take time. But but like it, to me, this is at this point once we launch version ninety, like I don't see this anything other other than just being an inevitable process. It just it's gonna be a long process, but like. Inevitably, like a year from now, like almost every DEX, like every major DEX in the industry is going to be integrated with every other major DEX in the industry. And that's just going to be like the new standard that everybody just can't imagine, can't imagine a world that wasn't the case. You know, people will forget about how difficult it was to move your assets around different systems and go through all these like weird bridges with wrapped assets and like all this kind of nonsense, you know? Yeah. And in wallet integrations too. I mean, this stuff is just all going to become like just kind of built in and and obvious and standard. It's like, like why, why wouldn't it? You know, why, why would you want to have to string together ten different wallets and twenty five different DApps and thirty different DEXs when you can just kind of do everything all interconnected? Like, that's to me, it seems obvious that that's the way like the broader space is going to move towards. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Even in addition to that, like it, the the good wallets will do like really good aggregation in the sense of like finding the best price. Like if you're trying to move from this point for point A to point B, and there's you know four different DEXs allow you to accomplish that task, it'll, the, the good ones will like figure out which ones will be cheaper. Like, you know, one inch does this and Paraswap does this kind of, this kind of concept. And sometimes they even take your trade and split it into like two or three different trades and two or three different like pathways to get you the most efficient and cheapest, you know, and all that will be just be built into like the wallet on your phone or whatever. Can't wait for that day. All right. Next thing, uh, Thorfi. So, 
another hot topic, especially after the whole uh, Lunar thing. And I'll offer my, my personal condolences to Chad because this is Chad's absolute baby. And he's, he's gotten like, you know, an incredible amount of, of shit for, for Thor for the past, uh, you know, couple of weeks. Not, not that there wasn't any before, but, uh, you know, people have definitely turned their, their minds away from it for now. So, uh, you know, Chad, Chad Barber up on, up on stage here has put a ton of work in, into this. And, uh, yeah, do you want to talk about the status at all? Or should we leave it? Yeah, I mean, for me, this is a bit rough just because just on a, on a personal level, just because this is something that I've been working on for close to a year and like in designing and architecting what the StoreFi thing is. And myself and, and uh, another individual on the team have been working on this thing for a very long period of time. And we've gone through, you know, close to a or 12, whatever the hell the number is. I lost count. But like, whatever the hell the number is, we've just gone through so many iterations to find just like the most perfect implementation of this, what this was. And then we all felt good about it. We even looked at Luna and UC and we found what we felt were, you know, um, weaknesses in the design that we didn't want to replicate right in the context of after watching it all happen the other day. Uh, and then like this, that event, like everybody was positive about Thorfi. The community was like super bullish on Thorfi. And then all of a sudden, Luna and UC collapses, which just changes like the whole crypto e- ecosystem. Like just, everything just kind of shifted. And, and the community is kind of, Comfortability with with four or five shifted because some other project didn't implement their thing as uh, as well, uh, and so like that just created like this so much drama and, and resistance and these things that I've been for almost a year now trying to to see this thing come to fruition with like of like zero liquidation loans and and, and interest based accounts and like all these things that I I was like and I still like, super bullish on. So, but this is to see like you know, the temperature of the room changed and it's just not the right time to be doing these kind of things. And so uh, after fighting for a while and, and, and losing that battle, uh, you know, we're just going to postpone Thor 5 for two or three months or so and then see if the room temperature changes at that point. People kind of, uh, once they get off the kind of the fear index and get back towards, uh, you know, Get back, get back to the real world in some sense, uh, then maybe people will be more open to it or maybe they won't be. Like, who knows? But we'll find out in a few months and, and of course, the community will only do what the community wants to do. So if the community doesn't want to do Thorify, then guess what's not going to happen? Thorify. If people want to do Thorify, then I guess it will happen. Thorify. So it's up to, up to the community in the end. Yep. And uh, I, I think it's like, it's very, it's very difficult for, you know, this thing to happen. But, you know, in, you know, in the first place, it's not like Thorfi was going to be implemented, you know, in a, in a couple of weeks, even, uh, you know, talking in the context of, of a few, uh, a few weeks ago, when we were, when people were talking about it quite often, we were, you know, always going through the design. Orion has been working on modeling the design. It's, it's not like it was like ready to, ready to ship. And, you know, all it needs to be was a couple buttons need to be pressed and it was it was out there it, it you know it, it needs it needs to it needs to bake and it needs to people need to uh you know signal their desire for for it, it comes back so like while it's on the the back burner right now who knows like it, it might see the light of day uh one day but yeah i mean th- thanks for all your work chad because yeah i, I like i know like over the past couple of weeks you know people have been just you know pretty pretty relentless and uh not not so kind about uh these things especially when you know, there's been so much work putting into this, especially like yeah, a lot of a lot of diligence on uh, you know the part of you and Orion towards like modeling these things and not just like oh hey we're going to ship this new feature to the network and you know kind of kind of hope it works. Uh, you know, a lot of research has been going into this and is still continuing to uh, go into this. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's still like the most exciting concept ever, and I, I do think there was just kind of like some misunderstanding 
amongst the community and kind of like being overly fearful as if it was going to come out tomorrow. And, you know, obviously it was, it, that was not really the case, but, um, you know, people rightfully so like the, like, like Chad said, the temperature in the room has kind of changed. So, um, I think it makes sense to me. I think people right now, like, you know, want to see new chains. Um, I also think this leads into another thing we can touch on, which is kind of like in a way, uh, achieving some of what people are really excited with, with Thorify is single-sided yield. So now there's, uh, this proposal for the, the single-sided LP, uh, that's getting a lot more attention. So maybe you can go into that a bit, but um, yeah, I think, it, I think it's an interesting concept just to like, kind of take, like, like, what are the parts that were the most exciting about Thorify? And it's probably like, you know, single sided yield, uh, the potential to borrow. Uh, those are probably like the core real things, whereas the, you know, there, there are some specific nuances that are where people really got freaked out. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, even within the algo stable context, like the other thing that we talked about building for, for ThorChain is like, it's not UST. Like it, 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 in many respects, in one respect is it's never going to be 18 billion. That's just never, that's not, it's not trying to be the payment solution for, you know, buying hot dogs, you know, on the street corner or whatever. It had no, um, and, and especially in the most recent implement uh, design revision, it's like, it has no demand center. It has like, it's the reverse of anchor, right? And so you, you never have enough coin in market cap to create any kind of hyperinflation scenarios because nobody's going to hold it other than arbitrage bots and, you know, a few random people here and there, but like it would, it would never grow to a market cap where it actually a dangerous scenario. It would never be you know, under collateralized in the sense of sometimes people talk about uh, Luna USC kind of scenario. So like there were so many things that people just, just didn't even understand about it. It's like, there's just a fear based upon, fear itself rather than understanding the actual design and implementation details. And so, but that's going to be, a, maybe it'd be easier to convince people when people are, are more calm and more, you know, open to listening rather than just kind of like running around with their hair on fire. Uh, but yes, the chat throws point about, so one thing that the team has been researching and looking into is the idea of uh, visiting the idea of doing single-sided LP. And we've looked into this uh, a bunch of times throughout the, like the, the life of the project and we just have never found a you know implementation that made sense. Uh, it's it's difficult to do why no AMM does it today really. Um, Bancor just recently started doing it as part of Bancor V3. Uh, their implementation is different though. They they infinitely mint BNT you know as much as they feel like, uh, which we can't really do that in the same sense that they can. Uh, and that also comes with some, some costs. I'm not sure if. Their community understands that those costs, though. But um, so we've been looking at their design. We've been asking them some questions about their design, see if that makes sense for us or not. Um, a lot of the design that we put out there publicly is, you know, similar to their design, but not quite. Um, but we're still doing our own internal research. Orion is assisting in that process uh, to make sure that this implementation does make sense and that it does, you know, provide a significant more amount of liquidity into the pools to attract, you know, the maxis of the world, uh, the Bitcoin maxis and the ETH maxis who just want BDC or just want Ethereum exposure and those around those other shit token, quote unquote, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah, but that would, that, that would probably solve any problems we would have about ensuring that the pools are deep. In fact, it, it might actually go so, it might be so successful, it'd be harmful in the context of the pools become overfilled and not that the, the, the network would lose economic security, it always ensures that, but uh, the attention pendulum might even push, you know, to the nodes pretty strongly, right? Because there's so much now, there's such a high amount of liquidity in the network on the, on the pool side, 
depending on pushes to the to the nodes, and, and the nodes are going to be incentivized to, to you know buy a bunch more rune and start jumping into the node side, which pushes it back down again. So the pendulum is, is, is starting to be swinging back and forth. And it's going to be a funny thing in this network. Like at all times, this network is going to be fighting one of three things or two of three things. You always have to be fighting the security, the liquidity of the pools, and the trade volume, right, and the, the yield. And so as soon as you solve one of those three the other one becomes an issue, right? It's almost like a whack-a-mole situation or like like juggling three things at once. And so like as soon as you fix, you know, add one, like people remember like months ago, we were like, oh, well, there's not enough bond in the network and not, what whole thing is going to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like people freaking out. And then we made some changes to the team as a community that incentivized more people to come in to, you know, run more nodes and add more to the bond. And that was great. And now we're, like, you got tons of bond. And then, like, oh, we don't have enough of the pools. Okay, and then we go ahead and like do this change here. We're talking about single sided LP. Okay, now we got tons of liquidity in the pools. Oh crap! Now like the, the yield's lower because the liquidity is much higher. So now you think of, like, oh, now we got to increase uh, trade volume. Okay, we tax aggregation and get you know these other things to integrate so that more swap volume's happening. Oh, okay, now we get need more. Like, like, oh, it's like always going to be a thing. Like I can't see it ever stopping. Where it's just like one of these three things is like kind of lagging behind the other two, and then there's like push pressure to like get that third thing up, and then. One of the other one to fall behind, and it's just gonna be a constant, like kind of, uh, like uh, like turning, you know, like a merry-go-round of trying to solve one thing, which causes another problem, issue, and then solve that one. It's just gonna be to the life of the project. That's probably always gonna be true. Uh, yeah, but we're still looking into it. We're still researching it. It's not ironclad yet. It's not. We are shipping this yet. It's not. It, it doesn't even have my personal, you know, cryptographic signature of approval at this time. And we're still discussing and debating internally. And we wanted to get some feedback from the community of their thoughts. If there's anything that we were possibly missing, you know, people can speak up and let us know or ask questions or what, what have you. Yeah, I, I don't know if you want to get dive into details at this time or maybe maybe a later time. As you said, it's still kind of being fleshed out. But, uh, you know, just conceptually, I think it's one of the most exciting things. And we'll drive. It, it'd be so cool to, like, see the incentive pendulum play out the way you described where, uh, you know, you, you could see, like, the... You can see the LPs just completely fill out to the point where all the rewards are going to the nodes. But then, um, like what you're really describing for people is kind of like this liquidity black hole concept that like excites so much of the community, right? It's like the liquidity is going to get way deeper, which means the swaps get much better, which means and then then you grow swap volume, which then boosts yields again. Then you need more bond. It's just this like flywheel between those three, um, those three kind of like competing areas that you're describing. So, right. yeah, it's exciting stuff. Yeah, and and it solves like the the, the Venn diagram problem. Like I was just tweeting uh, with with this guy uh, just when I woke up this morning, and 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 he he was saying like, well, like what's the like like what's the proof that there's like you know like a small Venn diagram overlap of the of the people that want uh, one side versus the people that want rune? And I'm like, well, just like the, the, the current TVL, <laughs> look at it. Uh, you know, why is it not a hundred times higher? And that's um, I think that's kind of a key, basically the the biggest reason. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's part of what like Thorify was designed to do is to help uh, like all all that stuff raise because uh, a big component was that people were going to burn rune to join Thor savings, for example, and in doing so, you're burning rune, you're reducing the supply, you're therefore increasing the price, and by increasing the price, the value of the bond goes up, right? The total like dollar value of the bond increases, and the total value of the dollar value of the rune side of the pools goes up, which means arbitrage needs to come in and send in more Bitcoin and more Ethereum. So all the pools just naturally become deeper. But the bond and the pools are being like like raised together simultaneously and like and complete, you know, it's and succinctly rising together. And so like that's sometimes like a great way of doing it, doing it is by just like pumping the price. And Thorify, I think, was going to be a big 
point of that of like pumping the price and getting the uh, not pump the price just make the price go higher obviously that's a good thing but like it's not just about, you know money go up but like it's more about just like rising what the network can do in terms of uh its liquidity and it's like throughput all this kind of stuff and so like that was something that i was excited about and, and, and we can re, you know reapproach in a few months and and hopefully get, get that done as well sweet all right last thing uh we, then we can get people up for uh some questions so if you have questions just request now and we'll get you up as after the next thing uh the cross chain expo is happening in uh austin texas on june 8th that's right before uh consensus convention i, I think it's consensus right um going on in austin and uh some of us will be there I'll, I'll be there i don't know who else is i think chad Barker i'll be there yeah i'll be there I'll, I'll be giving a talk i think at some point and uh people want to say hello and, and that kind of stuff that's cool yeah it, it'll be really cool it's the day before consensus starts so it is on wednesday june 8th uh in austin so we're, there's gonna be a whole day of uh you know just it, it's it's a free event by the way and uh it's all door chain panels and and talks and us talking about cross chain and multi-chain and you know all, all the stuff that, that we're excited about here in uh Thorchain land so uh, that, that's gonna be awesome free event also, I, I just found out the next day is Osmosis is having uh, something the next day. I'm interested in, in checking that out. Uh, hopefully there's some some cool stuff and some some great people. And, you know, I look forward to, to meeting people that are going to be there as well. So hope to see people there. All right. Let, let's get some people up for, for questions on anything. Yeah, I see so. Sethi's been waiting. We got to we have no choice but to start there. So, <laughs> Sethi, what's up, man? Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Um, so I was just kind of overhearing the discussion about adding, I guess, uh, Gaia Hub or Cosmo Hub, Cosmos Hub or whatever we're calling it these days. Um, like what, uh, what drove the, that, that as sort of like one of the next chains to do, what do you guys foresee as the kind of future of the Cosmos Hub exactly now? This is coming from someone who owns a fair amount of Adam. So, uh, I'm just curious, like why choose that and like do you see uh, some really uh important developments for adam coming coming that might make sense to incorporate this into the uh third chain ecosystem yeah so like um we're obviously big fans of the cosmos ecosystem in general uh obviously fortune itself is a cosmos based um blockchain uh and we started with terror because that was what the the community wanted most that's just kind of what's the obvious you, you didn't even need to, need to take a poll for this thing you can just you can just feel it in the air in a sense. Um, and so we wanted to continue with them, the, the Cosmos road. And for us, like the most economically sig significant and probably the most like the center of Cosmos in some sense is the Cosmos hub or Gaia. And so that just kind of became like a, the natural next thing. Um, we also have already have good relationships uh, to a degree with, you know, uh, well-known people in that community to help kind of garner support. Uh, and also I feel like there was like, um, to, to be a bit blunt here, um, I kind of got the feeling from some of the Cosmos community in general of a little bit of like shade kind of being thrown at Thorchain over the last like few months or year, whatever it's been. And like, I think there's a little bit of like healing that needs to happen between our community and their community because, you know, we weren't all in on IPC, which had a bad taste in some people's mouths. And, you know, I just kind of felt like we were a little bit black sheep in that in the Cosmos ecosystem in general. And, you know, it's not something I, I'm proud about, obviously. It's something I would rather not, you know, have. And so I think uh, adding Cosmos was, was kind of a way to, uh, you know, extend an olive branch 
to that community, to that ecosystem saying like, you know, we're not against you here. We're not, you know, we don't hate IPC. We don't hate all you. Like, <laughs> like we're all friends here. Uh, you know, let's shake hands and, and, and sing Kumbaya. <laughs> and, and Chad, just like to maybe tell us what the history of the, the IBC or integration or lack thereof, like what, what's that all about exactly? Yeah. Like, so in the earlier days of, of Fortune's development, the assumption always was for myself and all the other core and core devs that we were going to use IBC to connect it into the IBC like world. Right. That was always the standpoint. And, um, and as soon as we got ready to, to start integrating with, you know, Cosmos world, and this was like many months ago, we had to start looking into the actual process. Like, Oh, how do we set up, you know, IBC relayer and how do we do this? And da, 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 like, how does this all work? And then the deeper we got into it, we just realized that the, the technical implementation of IBC, IBC while it's not a bad implementation, and I'm not a shit on it, so don't really interpret it that way. It just didn't adhere to the standards that we have within our own technical requirements, right? Like, for example, you know, um, to, there's no ec- direct economic incentives for IBC to even exist, right? Like, for uh, IBC Relayer, you have to spend your own money to be a Relayer, and you don't get compensated for it. This, it requires a, a form of altruism in order for an IBC relay to even exist to begin with, rather than using pure economics, which is how everything is designed within ThorChain, everything's economically incentivized properly. It, and so it didn't really make sense in the context of how we look to do things, right? Even like we thought that we would get, you know, every, you know, ThorChain node to run an IBC thing. And then, you know, we could slash them that they're not, you know, sending transactions or relaying transactions and blah, 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 blah. And like, that's just completely impractical within the current implementation of IBC. I think that will change with time. And I think as the, that IBC kind of protocol matures and goes into V2 and V3 and like, you know, develops over time. Like I, I do believe in the IBC protocol in general, and I do think it's going to be an important component of that, of that ecosystem for sure. And I do think it's going to get a lot better than what it is now, but it just did adhere to like this kind of the standards that we had as a, as a project. And then it became this thing of like, well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't really hit these standards then why are we going to create a second bridge where we already have one bridge that works extremely well. It's already highly, you know, uh, integrated into our own system already. It's already properly incentivized. It's already properly, you know, we can slash people for not participating. All of that stuff. It's like, it's just, it's clean. It's well built. It's well designed. It's been proven itself to be working extremely well. And then to expose ourselves to another, you know, bridge type on our core fundamentals, we'll just increase complexity, increase, you know, maintenance costs, increase, you know, like cognitive load on new developers coming in so they have to learn two bridges instead of just one. And so like it just increasingly just made less and less sense that the more we learned about IBC itself. So it became something we were super excited about. And then over, as we learned more about it, we just realized it simply just wasn't a good fit for what we needed. And then that kind of money out in many respects, I thought was going to be a lot quicker and similar to the, to the duties IBC, these, these cognitive integrations. So then we had to go through, through our own process, which was, you know, a bunch of work for us and all that kind of stuff. So it's but no I guess, like. So I yeah, guess it's, it, it will be useful though, because uh, I, you know, previously the dream, I guess the vision was that like, you know, UST would be a sort of like sensible way to get cash in and out of um, a system, right? That was the the dream, at least. Now yeah. that that's not the case anymore, I guess having Adam connected does help a lot because you know you you have a, some sort of coin that you can get to back and forth from like a Kepler wallet to right. Thor chain. So it, it is, uh, I think it's a productive move. I, it, but I, I get what you're saying with the IBC problem. Like I, I, I still can't figure out like, yeah, how, how would they economically incentivize it over the long run? It's not clear. Yeah. We actually like, 
we gave them some suggestions of saying like the IBC relayer should not be a separate process. It should be these built into the like the the validator nodes themselves. Like it's part of Cosmos integrated Cosmos itself. So you don't need a separate process or a separate server that's doing the relaying. And you just pick one relayer every block, and that one relayer is going to be the, the the block proposer. And like that way, you don't run to collisions, and like everybody, like it becomes a lot smoother and cleaner. And 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 maybe they'll change IBC in the future where it, that's more what it is, because having you know Jack over at uh, Strangelove running all the you know relayers for everybody is you know very nice of Jack to do and all these kind of things, but it's probably not a long term play for what the Cosmos system really needs, right? And so. Well, I think it'll evolve. I think it'll get better. I'm bullish to see what happens with it over the next, you know, six months and a year, whatever, and all these kind of things. But I think with for like for us, like because Bifrost is chain agnostic and Cosmos is not, it's not even a specific implementation. It's it's, a, it's a more of a, a design protocol than a specific implementation. And so, like we already have something that works across every chain, whether it's you know um, a smart chain or not a smart chain, or vice versa. So, like. We just we kind of just doubled down on our own design because we realized we just felt very bullish and very confident, and what we put together, we feel it's, it's a better it's a better design for for accomplishing what we're we're trying to accomplish as a product, not necessarily a better design than what IBC is trying to accomplish for what they're trying to for their use case, right? So it's like different things that have similar. It's like it's like comparing a truck to a bus, right? Like they both transfer people from point A to point B, but you'd use a bus in this case, and you'd use a truck in that case, and so like it's not really not really comparable in that sense. Uh, Orion here. One one thing I'm really excited about um, on the IBC front, though, is leveraging the interchain accounts and um, uh, some of the uh, interchain querying. Um, so I could imagine, uh, you know, in the future, having an IBC um, integration with Thorchain that that lets um, effectively lets Thorchain emit information to the Cosmos ecosystem. And uh, lets Cosmos-based chains that are are set up with IBC to be able to to operate on Thorchain, um, but then not necessarily have um, transfers of value. Uh, so I think that there are some additional utilities and, and opportunities for for Thorchain in the broader Cosmos ecosystem. There. Yeah, I also think just a, a key thing, kind of from the the user perspective, it's like whether an IBC asset is literally in the Thorchain pool or not. Um, like you'll still be able to achieve essentially the same thing as far as swaps, like through through DEX aggregation and all these integrations like to come in the future, like, you know, at, at some point, maybe just within ThorSwap or XDeFi or Osmosis itself, uh, potentially, I mean, just speculating, but like, you know, you could do all of this in, in theory. It's just on, on the back end, it looks a little different, but with the, with Adam in the Thorchain pool, then that's like your, that's your way into the IBC world. And then from there, you're just, you know, one swap away from whatever you were trying to do. So going right. from BTC to some obscure um, IBC asset in the future, um, you know, all of that is still going to be possible and essentially look exactly the same from the user perspective. It's just like, oh, there's not actually a, you know, an AKT pool on Thorchain or whatever, but there is the Atom pool. And then all of that, like that Atom pool just captures um, that piece of the puzzle. And then the DEX, DEX aggregation uh, solves right. the rest of it. So I still see it as like, you know, basically 99% of what everyone ever wanted is still going to happen. So yeah, you'll be able to integrate with like grabbing DEX or osmosis and still be able to swap I think, and then be able to go to, to, to BDC or, or something on Ethereum or, or whatever. But you'll probably like, like just so people know, like just because, um, you know, we integrate with Gaia doesn't mean we're going to allow non-Gaia native assets on Fortune's pools. Right, like you couldn't take, you know, um, what's an example of a ICS twenty uh, 
what's the name of that one? Anyways, um, you couldn't put that into the pools on Thorchain because those assets are not layer one assets. They are wrapped assets, right? IBC works on a wrapped asset mentality. And so like you just, it's just minting a new, a new coin that represents a coin on another chain, on another chain, a one-to-one ratio. And so we generally don't operate assets in general uh, on, on this network. And so, you know, people can swap to Adam and then swap to Adam to BBC or, or whatever, but like, uh, I would not accept like ICS 20 token just because it's kind of goes against the ethos from a security perspective. We don't want to have a bunch of wrapped assets in this network. And then, the wrapped asset gets rug pulled because something happened. Like who knows what that happened? Like you know, and then all of a sudden we're in a sh- up the shit's creek because we never actually held the real asset. And so, what do we do now? And that that just becomes a you know a potential nightmare we want to avoid. Sweet, thanks, Sydney. Uh, let's go to SN fifty. The function SN fifty. Maybe let's Sorry. go to Citizen first. All right. Hey guys, hope you all doing well. Um, yeah, I uh, was just curious if there, and maybe I missed this real early on. There's one part that uh, I missed in early this call, but are there plans to support uh, the new Winif chain? That's my first question. I have one more. So, did you say Winif? What was that? Are, are there plans to support the new Terra chain, the Terra like 2.0 launch here? Oh, yeah. Or even discussion uh, about that? To be honest, at least with, within the, the core team in Nine Realms, I hadn't heard any conversations about like whether or not to support Terra Luna 2 or whatever it's going to be called. Um, I'm open, I'm open to it, right? Like I, I don't have a strong opinion on this at this time. I think it's it's a bit early to be having the conversation to some extent because we don't really know what exactly has happened quite yet. We have some idea, some sense, but how that's going to pan out, you know, who knows? And so, like, I'm definitely open to having that conversation. I'm open to potentially supporting it. It's just a question of what does the community want. I, I think its value definitely has to be proven first. Uh, priority for new chains should definitely lay in the. Uh, you know the, the top by amount of uh, TVL that could potentially be uh, put into the Thor chain pools because that's uh, you know that's part of the goal of adding new chains along with the you know continued community support. So uh, you know without some kind of um, you know estimate or ballpark or you know some kind of feel on how how much TVL uh, an integration drives that really determines what the priority is there. And and this new um, ADR process will make things very clear because node operators will signal whether they want the addition of a new chain through this uh, new process. Uh, Chad, I, f- I forgot to mention this chat earlier. Um, both uh, Near and Kadena uh, have developer grant funds available as well. So if people within your um, development teams and whatnot want to integrate those, um, there are pretty sizable chunks of money available in grants to to possibly uh, fund integrating some of those types of things into Thorchain. Just a, just as a side note. Yeah, I mean, that's great. Like any, any way we can make, like from, I'm all for anything that makes integrating more chains faster, you know, cheaper, get more people involved, more dev, more hands. Just like, you know, we can swarm this thing. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, Pluto or, or Iridanus or whomever that's like doing all this work to add chain A, B or, or B or C. Totally game if more devs get their hands in and just build the dash one. One guy's building the Haven one. One guy's building this one. I that one. And we just swarm the hell out of this thing and just, and just integrate as much change as possible while maintaining security. Yeah, I see a lot of people that are like, oh, why don't the devs implement this chain or implement that chain? But, you know, in reality, there's only so many people that are that are working on these things and everyone has a lot of things that they're trying to accomplish. And like Nine Realms is kind of taking the lead on 
uh, integrating new chains. And you know, there's only there's only so many people that are actually uh, doing these things. So uh, like, it's great that the, the Haven team and the Dash team has really uh, stepped up to you know take take the lead on their own chain integration. Because with I mean, with, you you can look at their um, you know the market caps of Dash and, and Haven. Like th- those would wouldn't normally be priorities under. Uh, you know what? What can feasibly be done with just the uh, you know the resources that the the Thorchain teams have? But uh, other development teams stepping in and assisting with it, and you know, and talking with the the Thorchain development teams is really like pushed on in the process for them. And uh, you know, in in due time, very soon, hopefully, they'll see the results of that and seeing the integration uh, right into Thorchain. So that can be done with any any chain. Like if people want to see Cardano on on Thorchain, uh, you know, Thorchain could be the only only dex that supports Cardano, but it needs that it needs that support and that drive. Not uh, even Cardano. It goes with anything. Dex. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Imagine if the first dex was some other dex off chain. <laughs> Yeah, chat. You know, I'm bringing DeFi to Cardano. Bullish. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking into this yesterday, right Chad, there. and uh, like, there's a grant process for Cardano uh, too. And it's like all it needs is it needs people to actually run these integrations, someone to step up and and take the lead, and then uh, really run with it. So uh, you know, anything can be integrated. I think the highest priority should always be the chains with the most economic value to bring to the chain. That being TVL and swap volume. But yeah. Uh, you know, but in addition to TVL and swap volume, it's, it's all about like community integration as well, and, and like getting support from this new community that they're be jazzed and excited about it. Like, if, if we were to do Cardano, for example, I would I would really want to see Josh Hodgkinson to be to have his weight behind this integration and have him tweeting about it and getting his community excited about it. Otherwise, we just want to change to a more or less an empty room. And it doesn't really quite, even though there's this high TVL and this high potential TVL, high potential swaps, like you know. I don't want to launch to your room. Like that's kind of what happened with Doge. Like we launched Doge because we already had it built months, months, like almost a year prior. And then all the Doge community that we had kind of lined up, just kind of pulled out last minute because they were afraid of DeFi because DeFi is scary for them. And they were just, you know, they kind of pulled out. And then we just never got, you know, a high, you know, depth to that, to the Doge pool or, or, or even a like, huge quantity of swap volumes. Or just, even though like Doge is big in terms of, market cap and trade volume these things it ended up not really you know contributing a lot of value to the network right or like bitcoin cash it's like one of the it's like the number 23 asset but you know nobody really cares nobody really to do cares. much with it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I don't potential though like I, like I don't think that just because doge is on uh, on doorchain doesn't get much attention right now that'll always be that way um that's especially true. that's fair like you know i i think that uh you know, real proliferation into, especially a community as big and widespread as that, it takes a lot of time. And that, that goes with Bitcoin too. Like you could say that, you know, the Bitcoin, uh, you know, Bitcoin, which is the, the biggest innovation of, uh, of Thorchain bringing like a DEX to Bitcoin, basically. Uh, you know, I, that's huge. It's the biggest thing on Thorchain right now, but it's, it's nothing compared to what it, it can and potentially will be in, uh, in the next few years. So like, I, I think it, it takes time to really get that <laughs> proliferation, but yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Susan. Oh uh, no, I was just gonna say I, I'm pretty sure Charles wouldn't want Thorchain to integrate with Cardano because at the rate the team ships, it would totally let the cat out of the bag. Like everybody in the Cardano community would be like, "Wait, what? We can release something in like a few months? It doesn't take five years of you know scholarly research and what whatnot." Uh, 
but uh, you know, the peer review is already in process for the, the chain, an but, interesting, um, an interesting observation, uh, by the way, with this, um, with the fiasco with, um, you know, Terra UST, um, several observations, uh, that make me more bullish on Thorchain are one is that like bridge weaknesses are a problem. Uh, when, when you, when you like connect things with these kind of like centralized bridges, uh, I think Vitalik was right about that ultimately. And it turns out that that's like a whole nother like shit show waiting to happen. We saw what happened to the wormhole hack. That was a, you know, another interesting fiasco, uh, which was sort of rectified by jump capital, but whatever. Right. Uh, and then, you know, if you look at like the fact that central exchanges were more than happy listing UST, but we're not, we're not able to provide sufficient either liquidity or sort of like participate in peg maintenance makes basically any cross chain uh, like stablecoin derivative of some kind, no matter how you collateralize it or what you do with it, inherently sort of dangerous in that respect. Uh, so uh, you know, so many interesting observations that make uh, really like Thorchain seem uh, more and more like the right choice um, in, in so many ways. But anyway, that's just kind of my observation. No, oh, I agree. Yeah, that, that actually did bring up another thought that I had or to get your, your thoughts on this chat or anybody else that's in this call is uh, besides the Terra integration, you know, going down, there were several other swaps that also were disabled during that flurry of activity during that time period. As I remember, uh, there were some other liquidity pools that were disabled. And I don't, I don't know if I ever got the full like postmortem on what happened with the other chains. I mean, the Terra chain made sense. That was like insane, but yeah, I was just curious to get thoughts on what happened with the other stuff and maybe how that could be prevented in the future. Yeah. The other ones were just, it's really just two different issues. So the one that was the more frequent issue is that the network has a, a, a solvency checker and it, it auto pauses itself when it notices something kind of off, a little off or skew. And the problem with this is that you, it's basically checking two differences of truth simultaneously that are both like moving objects against each other. And so it's, it's sometimes it's like, you know, this source A has up to block, you know, 5,000 and source B that block 4,900 and you know, 95 or something like this. And so that that just creates like, oh, hey, they don't agree with each other. I'm like, yeah, because they're not really quite, you know, succinct, right? And so you have this kind of race condition or this kind of, we call it race condition in software engineering terms, but like you have this thing where it's just, it, they don't always quite align or agree because they're both moving objects in a sense. And so sometimes the network would just say, oh, hey, they're not aligned and then it would pause itself. And then like, you know, we would have to wait until uh, I mean, Mary Admin can come online just to verify everything's okay and everything's okay and then go ahead and continue it. And that, that's just like an annoyance that just kept happening over and over and over again. And so we made a change in version, I think it was 88 or 89, where, you know, the network would pause, but then it would unpause itself if, if, if it did like align again. And so we still see the situation where it's like it's pausing itself every once in a long while and for like maybe 30 seconds or something like this and then it unpause itself and everything continues and everything is just fine. The other thing that happened, um, which has happened to us once before, and we need to we need to do better on this. But uh, Binance, uh, Binance did once did this on the, the Doge network where they just basically like, hey, we have all these like huge quantity of UTXOs on the Doge blockchain. Let's go ahead and consolidate them and like you know broadcast an umpteenth million you know uh, transactions to to consolidate all the UTXOs into like, you know a, a handful of them, like blowing out the Doge uh, mempool like some significant amount. And then it happened again on I think it was. I think it was, yeah, I think it was a Bitcoin chain, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they, they just like ones. pumped up. Yeah. yeah, and they just pumped out massive quantities of ETXOs, which caused the Bitcoin block, the men pool, to, to become just oversaturated. Which basically means that the, the nodes of the, of the network have to like scan the mempool 
for you know transactions and such, but it can't do it. It couldn't keep up with the load because there's all of a sudden there was just like crazy amounts of things in the mempool, and so it, it ran into a problem where like it took too long to get there, which caused the network to pause itself. And then we just had to wait until the, the nodes could catch up and scan the mempool, and then once that happened, then everything was fine and continue on. Uh, we'll probably end up like adding. I, I, I wrote myself a note to do this, but like we got to uh, increase the thread count on the mempool scanner from five to eight or nine or something like this. So that's scans mempools much more efficiently. Um, and so it can handle that, these kinds of situations, but these are just kind of like, you know, weird edge case scenarios that we have to make small modifications to just to be more re resilient to re uh, against such kind of crazy wacky scenarios like this. Awesome. Thanks. That's a great explanation. I had one more question, but I can see that someone else has got their hand up and I'm already done too. <laughs> so I'll let somebody else go. Yeah. Just say, so, so. and we, yeah, we'll get to you in a second. First, uh, SN50, are you there now? All right, let's go to uh, DGENs for a broader future. What's up, man? Wow. You know, when I go on these things, normally people just say DGENs. Thank you for saying the full title. Appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> See, that, would, that would refer to too many people, so I, I didn't want people to get confused. No, no, no. We're all DGENs. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm working on... Uh, I have a team of people, and we're working on educational content, and I try to make it to every single one of these uh, sword chain discussions. I just personally think... Um, First off, outrageously undervalued. Second, arguably one of the most important projects in this entire space. Like we need to have these mechanisms to purchase or swap between these assets <clears throat> in a decentralized manner. And even in some countries, you might not have access to a certain cryptocurrency. But I think in the future, you'll just be able to buy Bitcoin or, or ETH or stable coins. And you can go onto ThorChain and then swap readily and easily between, you know, these assets. And I think that's extremely important. So. Uh, I've been on several of these chats and I, I failed to ask this question. So over time, what what does ThorChain eventually become? I overheard the integration of Cardano, for example. Where, will there always need to be um, these uh, the elements of like say having a team that's constantly adding cryptocurrencies, or will it or will it become um, like via in the long term, like say maybe twenty years from now, which I know, or maybe ten years from now, I don't know. Crypto moves so fast, but is there ever going to be a point where there's not a, a team uh, behind adding different assets onto onto Thorchain? I was just curious about what the long term prospect looks like, and also love the project. Don't know if I could say that enough, but keep it up. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, that's actually an excellent question. Um, in the first year, uh, like or so, it's going to be a lot of kind of talk and pressure on adding new chains. Um, and, but every time we add a new chain in this, in this community, the, there's kind of a return, there's like a diminishing returns on adding more, right? Because once you've already, even just adding Bitcoin and, and Ethereum by itself, you're already integrating with like 90 or like, you know, 85% of the total liquidity of cryptocurrency. And then you throw on BNB, you throw on Avalanche, you throw on, you know, um, uh, Adam, and then from Adam, you have the access to the entire rest of the system and sense, uh, like all of that, like it is, you just already get to like 98 or 99% after, you know, 10 chains or 15 chains potentially. So then it's like, well, are we going to add 20? Are we going to go for 50? Are we going to go for hundred? Like probably not. Like, you know, I mean, obviously like this new chain that come out, like, you know, and people want to add it, people can, people can add it. But like, I think as time goes on, uh, you won't really be looking towards, you know, nine realms or the core team to be adding these chains. And, you know, if Polkadot wanted to be added, like Polkadot could build the chain integration and then Polkadot could champion 
the this like adding this chain within the uh, the fortune community and say, hey, we built this chain integration, you know, for Polkadot. We would love to see it added, and then they follow the ADR process, you know, and see gets voted on, and then so like I would like to see us stick to a place where we don't really require either the core team or even nine realms. We're not there today, and we probably won't be there within the next year minimum, if not three. But uh, I would love to see us to the point where we just kind of break apart and, and, and uh, it's just going to take us years to get there to be honest with you no i i appreciate your honesty you know uh what's that great story of remy and romulus so they were two babies abandoned and then breastfed by a wolf and they ended up building rome anyways i don't know if you ever read that but anyway, <laughs> i mean you know it's a the, the i guess i guess uh more or less uh, the journey of a thousand miles starts with one step. So I, I'm not expecting this to, to be fast, um, but I'm championing very much what, what you guys are doing. Uh, I, feel, I feel like it, cryptocurrency right now is, is in a down market and people are very, uh, I think at this point, you know, a lot of the money was driven by retail and, you know, number go up. And that's a, that's a part of the experience, you know, as the yeah. technology gets more, uh, integrated or as mass adoption increases over time, then the technology's price reflects that adoption. And Great. the thing I love so much about ThorChain is that it, it's doing something that is extremely important, extremely unique, and something that we desperately need before it's too late. You know, and not, I, I know you just said that it could be three, four years, but not trying to rush you or anything, but yeah, you know, but well, I just, I, I appreciate someone needed to do this. Someone needed to do this, and you guys are the right team. I think um, I'll always push uh, talk about Thorchain with my friends and and with my family, and um, and I'm also really excited about uh, Haven Protocol being added. Any means to have privacy coins become more accessible to people, I think, is extremely important as well. Um, I, I thank you for thank you for saying that because it's, it's so funny to me because like I'm I'm kind of in the inside looking out in the matter of speaking, and like for me, I'm always just a little bit like weirded out because. I do feel like the what we're building here is super important and it's like critical and it's like unique. It's all these things that you were just saying, but like the rest of the world just kind of like sleeping on it. And I'm just like, I don't understand why you're all sleeping on this thing because it's really fucking amazing. And then like, I'm like, what's wrong here? I'm like, is there something I'm missing? Or like, is there something like, I have no idea. But for me, I'm just like, this thing's truly one of those amazing crypto uh, products in the entire industry. And like, you know, 70% of people never, I'm just like, Chad, I think, Chad, I think that reflects just how, like uh expensive advertising generally is right so like we rely upon more of a viral sort of advertising and word of mouth and uh you know just spreading on the internet and such but um like you know many retail companies spent a huge amount of like money uh trying to catch eyeballs with advertising and that's not something that's particularly prevalent in the uh crypto arena so it's going to take uh potentially maybe that much longer in a sense uh, but on the other hand, you know, we do have all these other techniques to spread information without having advertising and, you know, taking all the actual cash flow and dumping it on like, you know, Google or whoever. Right. So it's like, uh, it's a plus and a minus in a way. Yeah. I mean, for project, we've always been kind of against marketing. Like we have no marketing at all. We don't have no budget for it. There's nobody on the team that is a marketing person. And we've always just relied on basically, you know, Chad Thoreau and Kilmer Cow basically doing these spaces. And, you know, people like other people in the community just tweeting out and just kind of getting the word out through like a grassroots mechanism rather than a, you know, like my buddy, uh, you know, he works for Algorand 
and he's like one of the you know heads of the marketing department. And like Al Grant spends ridiculous amounts of money on the most ridiculous things, <laughs> trying trying to get the brand out there. And it's very effective because obviously Algorand's doing quite well in terms of like its market cap relative to everything else. And so it's like, you know, to some extent it's working as a post form, right? Even though I'm not really sure what the product actually does. But yeah, we always going to go on against marketing. We're just kind of relying on more of just shipping that product that has that adds real value and, and just kind of hoping everything else just kind of falls into place. It, I, I think I think that the the joy of Rune in particular in Thor Chain, Thor Swap and also, waiting on Thorify, that's going to be amazing. I cannot wait for Thorify. I'm such a degenerate piece of shit. It's going to be fantastic. Anyway, should, should we, we tell him? <laughs> oh, <laughs> did I come in late? Oh, I probably came in late. Hold on. Hold that thought. Put it in a picture frame. Hang it on the wall. I promise you I will admire it. Uh, I think the beauty of Thorchain is that it's there is a demand that is going to grow over time. And especially with a lot of the barriers to entry that are constantly being made. If we look at what's, for example, everything that's going on in the European Union, like all these different bills that they're trying to pass through, which haven't passed through yet, so nobody panic yet, maybe, I don't know. But um, it shows that there's this, there's this power, overbearing bonds to control a lot of what we do financially. And for, if we, you know, Bitcoin is decentralized money and store of value, and then Ethereum is that programmable money. And I think that Thorchain is kind of the the glue at the center of all of it that's going to make all of this work. Like this idea that you can avoid a bank, take your money in, in cryptocurrency, or potentially in the future get paid in cryptocurrency, be able to access these tools using Rune as that swapping mechanism in between each of these things. And I think that the beautiful thing about Rune is that I feel like I feel like eventually you guys should sell T-shirts that say "Rune is inevitable" because it is. I think eventually everybody is going to have to use it. Although I, I would say that retail users um, or just average crypto customer, let's just call them that, um, they traditionally have undervalued privacy, and they have traditionally even more maybe undervalued sovereignty. Meaning, like outside the, the the most hardcore BTC crowd or the most hardcore ETH crowd or whatever, um, these are features about uh, people's money that like they think last about like ninety five plus percent of people, maybe ninety nine. I could be like probably it's more of a number go up question than it is about a philosophy of uh, utility and a philosophy of ownership. Um, and you know, I, I think. Uh, that just that takes time, though. It's like that that could take uh, uh, you know building sort of like a core group of users who share the, that vision. Um, just look how long it took BTC to get where it is now, right? We've been going over a decade, so it, it's a slow process. Hearts and minds, right? Yeah, changing money is obviously extremely difficult. That's personally why we spend ten years. But I've always been like, I think when he's done these these like meetings with me in the past, like I've always pushed pretty hard on kind of like the importance of crypto from a privacy perspective or a civil rights perspective or like, you know, an empowerment perspective, equality perspective. Uh, I've always kind of actively pushed into the idea of like number go up, which so much of the community in general is kind of fixated on, which is for me, it's like, it's like just not the reason to be in the space. I mean, yes, it is because you want to make money and everybody wants to make money. And although, like, although Chad, like the price meme effect is, is really well established. It's like, if you're, yeah. if you have a system whereby you're, coin goes up in value it's like immediate eyeballs right like it, it has to do with how 
like uh, price tracking apps work, how notifications work, how clickbait articles on Google get posted by various, you know, uh, so-called media authorities. You know, there is a very strong tie-in with uh, the price of an asset adoption. Uh, not so it's like a the price is actually deterministic to adoption. Not only is adoption deterministic to price; it's like simultaneous. It's weird. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting you say that because, uh, like, I, I I think over you know 90 percent of crypto articles are you know coin has gone up or coin has gone down. Why? Like, can anyone explain this? Like, <laughs> why? Has yeah, gone up or gone down. But the difference is that door chain provide like it, it's it's deeper than that, and in that it provides actual utility in the liquidity that's available on the Thorchain network that gives access to Bitcoin, to Ethereum, to Doge, to everything else. And then, uh, you know, they, these integrations that will happen with other DEXs and with aggregators. And that's really how Thorchain will pr- proliferate and give value towards those who participate in the ecosystem. And you don't even need to participate in the ecosystem to benefit uh, or, or use Thorchain to, um, you know, to take ownership of your own personal sovereignty uh, <laughs> to to be able to, to swap permissionlessly uh, with with Thorchain, you don't need to be a rune holder. You don't need to be part of that uh, value accrual mechanism. But everything that's built leads towards the um, you know the pro- proliferation of uh, decentralized liquidity and decentralized swaps with Thorchain. Yeah, that is the key. I think you know if Thorchain and Rune is just for us nerds, like that, this still plays out. You know, like if. If sovereign money and all this broader crypto stuff, you know, continues to trend in that direction, then Thorchain is doing such an important thing in that. And the value capture of Rune is inherently tied to that. So even if it's not, you know, memed and hyped up, like it all still does play out. And then as that starts to play out, then I think what you said, Sefi, is true, is like the the deterministic price of Rune follows the actual usage even if people aren't hearing about Thorchain, it's just through backend infrastructure, invisible integrations and, and, and stuff. Then it starts to rise just through its inherent value capture. And then people start to notice it. So, yeah, it's, um, it's like the price goes up and you'll people notice that your project exists. But then it's only because your project has a function that people love to use that they stay. Right. There's a big difference between showing up and actually, uh, you know, throwing throwing up a lot of your net worth or like total value into that uh project right like it, you, you it's almost like you show up at the app store for your phone or and um you know the presence of the app store is great and everything but most of the stuff in there you don't go and purchase right you you find the things that are most useful and those are the things that capture most of the actual um liquidity from those users i think the same is true in in DeFi. it's like these unique use cases um, have a, you know, maybe like unique value capture mechanisms and utility that ultimately drives permanent users. I, I would think like most people who use Thorfi a few times, and I don't know, maybe have some metrics, or not Thorfi, but like Thorchain, I, I would think that like people that start using it for uh, exchanging BTC and such are probably permanent users at that point. I Like I would think that the, 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 like stickiness of the ecosystem is quite high once you have captured those people. What, am I wrong, or is that, that well, does the metric show that? So there was like there was this crazy idea I had right after Luna had its kind of rough day, where I kind of I, I kind of put up to the team for discussion, and I just it just kind of failed promotion. But like I thought it'd be brilliant if we just basically donated a million room to like people who lost 
uh, you know, funds and Luna. Yeah, like a big airdrop, thing. basically. Like a big giant airdrop. And yeah. like, and people are like, oh, they're just going to sell the room. It's going to be good. I'm like, yeah, if they sell it, that's fine. That means that they come on, that they get a four swap wallet, you know, get the rune and sell it in Bitcoin or sell it into, you know, some other asset. But the, they just use the product. And by using the product, they just now understand why it's, why it's so valuable. And because, you know, we've kind of extended them, you know, a, a helpful hand at a time that's very difficult for them. Maybe when they go to buy a room or go buy an, an asset in six months, room is at the top of their of their list because you know when it was just to kind of rebuild their portfolio or whatever that like room is on that top of the list because a we do something that's really valuable and b we were you know we offered them a helpful hand when they were at their moment, lowest moment but I couldn't convince the rest of the team that that was worth the room. All right, we had some other people up here. Um, I brought back up SN50 because he requested. Are, are you there, man? Yeah, hi. closer to full this time. Hi. Uh, my question was uh, for Chad there. Um, so, regarding Tor, I, I, I personally am still very excited about it, but my my um, interest, I guess, would say, was more in the swapping department. Uh, so, I was just wondering. How did you came? Did how did you came to to put it? Uh, well, I say on a, on the backseat. Was it only like based on what we saw on Twitter that poll, or did you, was there like in more an internal with nose operator? And and how did we end up like just at where we are on on the, with the situation on turf right now? Personally, yeah, I feel for, for me it was just like in order for anything to pass within the Thorchain network, all node operators have to vote on it more or less by adopting the change, which you need a two thirds majority. You know, for that change to happen, and we've, you know, we've yet to see a contentious software update at, at this time. Right? We've never seen, we've never done anything that is really all that, you know, questionable. And uh, from, given all the pressure that I was seeing, both in the discords and on Twitter, and all these conversations that I was having with the community in general, it just seemed so far fetched that we were going to get, you know, two thirds of the, the node operators to get to be behind this thing. Um, I, I try not to have conversations with node operators directly because I try to maintain. Uh, a separation, right? I don't want to know what the Discord names are or the Twitter names are. I don't want to. I, I make a, a best effort that I can to to not actually know the the identities of any such stretch or form, even pseudo anon names. So, like, I have a lot of conversations with people that are at least unknowingly uh, with people that are node operators. But it just was getting so much pullback, uh, pushback from this community as a, as a whole. It just it just seemed like it would have been a huge waste of time. And I had already spent. A lot of hours and a lot, like you know, almost a week, trying to trying to advocate for it, and just was not getting anywhere. And I just didn't want to spend, you know, increase the size of the lump on my head from hitting it against this brick wall for for days on end. It just it was just getting it was just unsustainable for me, even personally. It, just, it was just too draining and, and exhausting. So I needed to step back from it because I was just not feeling great about it from uh, you know personally, and 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 other people were too. Like Lena was feeling very similar, and other people were feeling similar, and it just was getting too toxic in some sense, and so. Let's just let's just put it on the shelf, and we'll come back to it in a few months, and, and maybe the, the community has changed, or maybe not. Maybe Luna UST will be kind of like one of those things that just changes changes the philosophy, right? It's not it's not just like oh a product died, like that happens more or less all the time in crypto land. But this is obviously very different. It's something that's much larger, and so maybe people have a, the philosophy of individuals have changed, and there'll be more resistance against. Algo stables in general, or or you know things that burn and mint, you know, or whatever, like that, that could be a thing that happens in the general sphere, but only we'll know that is just time. And so we'll we'll measure that we'll measure things again in, in like two or three months or so, and see what the node operators think, what the community thinks, how they're feeling about it. We'll do our best at that time to explain why this is not Luna UST, why it's better, why it solves the problems, why Luna UST 
failed and why we are not going to do it. All these things, uh, you know, we'll do that and we'll see how people feel about it. But in the end, the community needs to decide, like, is this going to be, is Thorchain just going to be a solid AMM and cross AMM and it's just going to do that extremely well? Or is it going to try to reach beyond the AMM world and, and go into other aspects of DeFi and, and lending and, and interest rates and interest counts and all these kind of things? And it, or is it just going to stay focused on its core ideals of the, of the original white paper, which was this kind of cross AMM stuff? That's up to the community to, to decide. And, you know, we'll see what happens. Well, if it, if it can help, like, basically, I personally, I I am excited about Terrify, but probably like a lot of people, like the Luna situation left a void. And that that would kind of was the, the feel I have from, I guess, the polls is that everybody wants, wants it, but just want to see a bit more chains added first, I guess. Sure. Which so that's one thing. Anyway. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the other thing, too, is like, my uh, based on a comment, like people, like you know, it's either USD or like stable coins, like you know, USD, uh, USDC or USDP. Like, I mean, there is a variety of stable coins in between, but I mean, people just don't make the difference right now. It's one or the other. So, I mean, there's a bit of education to be done too on that part. Right? Yeah, there needs to be honestly, there needs to be a reckoning with stable coins in general. Everybody's picking on Algo right now because of USD and whatever. And in many respects, that's that's the design. But there's really three different types of algo stables, of just stables in general today. Algo being one of the three, and that's just the one that's easiest to get wrong, in many respects. And the other ones of like oh, fiat, like actual fiat back, which is what USDC and USDT is, and then over collateralized, which is what like you know Dai is. But like all of those other other designs are just as you know um, uh, likely, in my view, to have a complete and utter utter failure, right? Like. Honestly, I think USDC and USDT at some point in time, on the same, in the same night, they're, they're both going to lock everybody's funds. And you're not going to be able to move your USDC or USDT until you KYC with, you know, Jeremy Allaire over at Circle, right? And, and like, that's going to be a huge event that's going to cause massive ripples in the industry. because That's going to be just crazy, crazy, massively, like, terrifying. And, you know, something like die, like, it's just, you know, everybody's kind of leaning on the over collateralization part, but, like, you know, it's it's relying on Ethereum and other assets to not have a sudden price change. So well, you realize too on, on USDC. I mean, if they lock them out, I mean that doesn't make much more sense. That at some point it was like two third of their collateral was USDC. I think they lowered it a yeah. little bit since. But yeah. So no. yeah, if if they were to do that, like who's going to KYC over it at MakerDAO? I don't know who that would actually be to unlock all those funds and then like well, like that raises a huge thing. Like. It's just, those other stable coins are not as secure as people think that they are, right? They think everybody's picking on algos. But like honestly, from a first principles perspective, algos actually have the the most uh, reliable way. And it's like kind of what's silly to say now because everybody hates them and everybody's saying they're impossible, blah, 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 blah. But if you look at it from a first principles perspective, like, well, you can't have a fiat-backed stable coin be reliable because it's fiat-backed and, you know... Anything could happen. There's no way to predict it. And it's all requires government pressure, which is inevitable. Or you could do collateralized, which you know that's, that's relying on price movements aren't going to be quick, which that's inevitably going to happen because it has to happen. It's fucking crypto land. And then you have algo, which is like, well, algos can work, but people say that they can't work because UST and iron and uh, um, ESD and USDN and all these things. But that's not a good reason to think that algos can't work just because they failed. Like, you know, Edison created light bulb and took him a thousand different tries of different metals before he found one that, that illuminated but did not melt. Hey, Dad, like, yeah. on that front, uh, a, a question I had, and this has been a topic of somewhat extensive discussion, but within a specific ecosystem like ThorChain 
Oratera or whatever, a specific layer one or ecosystem. Do you believe it's feasible to have a sort of like the Disney dollar stable coin, meaning it's, it's, it's worth a dollar within the ecosystem and there's a mechanism whereby that stability is maintained within that, within that space. But, you know, you don't bridge it, you don't send it anywhere, you don't send it to, you know, centralized exchanges, you use it only for uh, stability exposure in that ecosystem, and it provides a utility function right there, and that's it. Because, like, UST did that perfectly well in, within Terra itself. It's when you exported it to all sorts of places that the, the drama began in, in many ways. Yeah, that, and that's true. Like the, the the biggest problem with USD, or at least the thing that started the whole thing, was was secondary markets on on like curve curve issues. Right? It wasn't even just like terror problems. It was curve issues that kind of started started the, the ball to roll in a sense. You're asking if using dollars would work, and I think that's it's possible, but it highly depends upon the implementation of the different assets that it's that's exposing itself to, and what the monetary policies of those assets. So it's, I think it's generally speaking, it's be possible, but. As soon as you get into the, how do you exchange these things into externally, like into other layer ones and other ecosystems, then it gets really dicey at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's possible though. I'm open to, to learning more about it, or if there's somebody gets more specific implementation details that I could read into and kind of get something, something I can actually sink my teeth into. But on a high level, I don't see why not. Correct me if I'm if I'm wrong, uh, chat. So I uh, I was I mean I'm, I'm interested in all the algos stable coins pretty much, and so I, I was kind of hip, having an epiphany or how how harder it gets the bigger that stable coin is. Like even if we look at uh, over collateralized coin, like let's say I, I was looking into AUSD, they have like a 200% collateralized uh, stable coin. And uh, I mean, obviously, it's less prone to the same death spiral that the USD had. But at some point, like the problem is when they get so big, then you can start a casket event. Like, I mean, there's so much unordered books you can't take before the price just crash, like straight up down before you can't even get sold lateral. So like that, I mean, that's, that would be the kind of problem to be solved. Is, like the, the issue is not when the stable coin is, is smaller, it's when it gets too big and I mean, even if it's back at some point, like if if the price, the order books are getting thinner and thinner on on uh, um, on CXs and wherever the price gets its feet from, and I mean, so like my my theory was kind of that we need a whole plethora of stable coins to be kind of dispersed over, like even if they're in in their each ecosystem, but the bigger it gets, the harder it gets to control. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, I'm I'm worried about like a scenario where. You know, if something happens with Ethereum, we'll just say, like, say something happens, something goes wrong with Ethereum 2 launch, merge or something. Not that I'm saying it will happen or, or I you know, think that it will. I'm sure it'll go very smoothly. But just speaking of hypotheticals, if something like that were to happen, obviously the Ethereum token would drop in value quickly. And because it's part of the, any token that's part of, that's an ERC-20 would also have to see a, a very precipitous, you know, shift in its value as well because of some, you know, uh, indeterminate state in the, in the network or something like this, like, right? That just causes a loss of faith in that particular ecosystem, which means that you know die as well. It's probably loss of faith as well, and then people and then it loses its peg, and like all these things. This is a comical thing that like people are like, oh, it's it's over collateralized. It's fine, right? Like it's it's you don't you don't worry about the faith of the underlying asset in Luna's case. Well, to me, it's like well, all of these things are fucking faith. It doesn't matter if it's the collateralized or uncollateralized. Everything is, is faith in this in this in this industry. Every asset in crypto in, in monetary policy, whether it's inside crypto. Or traditional fiat, all that stuff is faith-based, right? 
And so like anything, these things, these things can fail around from a faith perspective. And if they do, you see a very fast drop in price. And for over collateralized stable coins, that's a big old no. Well, but with, it always takes it one, it's one like event or box one event really. So that, that's why I kind of feel like the more stable coins are compartmentalized, it's like the easier it is to kind of keep them stable. And, you know, I guess at some point we'll we see like a, an easier way to like switch one stable to another stable and the other you're going. Yeah, that's, know, that's, that's, that's actually part of ThorChain's design was that it took a bunch of different stables from a bunch of different systems, some centralized, some decentralized, some on this system, some on that ecosystem. And then it looks at the aggregate of them to define a new stable that is more stable than any of them individually could possibly be. And you actually create the hardest pegged stable coin in the entire industry, utilizing a series of stables from a series of different projects and teams and scenarios. And the only thing you actually require is, is that the vast majority of them do not fail at the same second. And as long as that's the case, then you're probably fine. All right, let's, let's move on. To Keep, uh, all right, guys, let you have a good one, guys. Thank you for the answers. Thanks, man. Uh, X Red is up here. Yeah, hi uh, everyone. Uh, first, I just want to thank you for um, you know all the work's been done since uh, years now, because I just using your platform uh, something like uh, every day or every two days, and uh, working great, especially with the new UI that comes back uh, two months ago. Oh, one month ago, if uh, if I correct, um, I don't know if my question will be relevant uh, on this slide, but uh, regarding the you know the integration of the the privacy coin, uh, something like XMR or XHV, my question is concerning you know the 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 node which is if I write, uh, uh are on AWS uh, Amazon. 90% of them. Uh, my question is that uh, judging the services you, you want to expand and maybe the, the, you know, the problem you can face with the regulation, uh, is there any solutions that uh, Amazon cannot just shut you down? Or is there yeah. a, you know, something like that? There was a PR that went out in a, in a community poll that went out or must not operate to implement a new change, which it would, the network basically would turn in nodes that are to, 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 to optimize decentralization. And so if there's already too many AWS nodes, it's not going to turn in more AWS nodes. So those nodes might have to destroy their AWS nodes and create new ones on DigitalOcean or Google, you know, um, Google Computer, or whatever it's called, Google Engine. And it was actually voted down to my surprise. I guess node operators just don't want to move to a different cloud provider. But I think like even with the way it is now, it's it's not as bad as you think it is. Um, for one, it's not as not that many nodes are on AWS, not ninety percent. I think it's like I think it's sixty percent or something like this. But also like it's in different uh, data centers across the entire world. So if the United States government said, okay, no more Thor chain, the AWS would shut down the ones in you know the Northeast and, and like you know in Oregon and all these kind of places in Virginia, but they wouldn't shut down the ones that are in Germany and the ones in Tokyo and the ones that are in Australia. And so, like, you, you would see some of them go down, but not probably not. I have to look at the actual numbers and know that this is actually true, but probably, uh, probably fine. Is that, like, you wouldn't get enough nodes shut down unless you had multiple governments acting all together at the same time. And even if that did happen, what ended up happening was those node operators could just rebuild their nodes on new infrastructure on another cloud provider in another country and then continue on, right? Even if we, even if we had one-third plus one of the nodes shut off, which means the network is now paused, you know, those one third plus one people or that run those nodes could just, re, you know, take their private key, move it to a different server somewhere else, and then like restart. And it would take them a, a week to do that because it takes a while to build the infrastructure to, to actually do this kind of thing. But still, 
like the network would die. It would just, it would just it would pause temporarily and then, then like, you know, reallocate itself. Very similar to what happened when like, you know, China banned Bitcoin. I think it was in three of the provinces, Bitcoin mining in three different other pro- provinces. And then, you know, the hash rate of Bitcoin dropped like 50%, you know, almost overnight. And then three months later is an all time high. Right. And effectively, it would be more or less the same. Okay. Thanks for all this answer. It's just uh, quite good. I wasn't in know that uh, there is, uh, you know, multiple country. I was thinking that uh, Amazon governance have just, uh, you know, the ability with the US courts to just shut down uh, even in Europe or Asian or, but you say it's wrong. My question is, wasn't this because with Privacycon as XMR, uh, it's just gave a perfect exit door for, uh, you know, uh, uh, alternative markets to just exit your liquidity. And I'm sure you know that the swapper uh, BTC XR, uh, full atomic swap is ongoing. And uh, maybe uh, before the, the end of the year with uh, a, a, a GUI, which will be really easy to, to use for, you know, every actor of the, the privacy, you know, alternative markets. And uh, right now there is only Torchain I see with the, you know, the multi-chain who just can uh, gave us the abilities to just uh, after, you know, withdraw and, uh, and take away in, uh, in every, you know, section we want. There is also atomic wallets, but it's not the same. It's not, uh, it's not full DeFi. So yeah, thanks for that. I'm pretty sure this point will be, you know, uh, uncovered by the times privacy got, uh, you know, added on chain. But, uh, yes. So thanks and uh, keep going, guys. Thank you. Au revoir. Cool. Thanks. Uh, and night the round table. Let's wrap up with you. Hey there. Thanks very much. Um, I just, just some observations about kind of usage. Um, I think m- more or less all DeFi and all crypto is based on how many people use a specific token or a specific platform. Because the reason I see why like ETH went up was this big NFT move that happened, uh, you know, mid mid last year, um, more or less happened in the bear market that started in May 2020. And then for those six to nine months after that, you used to see the big NFT move and then Ethereum starts to move in price for, for it. So when it comes to ThoughtChain, I think the thing that will make it move is more chains more than anything else. And what I don't, people say, oh, bear markets are there for building and, and, and bull markets are there for not or something like that. But I think it's the opposite. I think when you're in a bull market and you add more chains and you get more people coming in, you get more swaps and you get liquidity, that pushes prices up much better than trying to add them, you know, because I've just seen here, ThorSwap wants to add Solana wallet just now. Like, what's the use of Solana? Looking at my my charts of Solana is going to go to single digits. So will AVAX. So you can add them now. What's the use? You know, we didn't add them when they were $100, uh, 250 for Solana when you could get a decent amount of fee for a swap. But you're going to add them now when they're not even going to generate any money. I, I just, this, that's my thinking. So the, 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 the conclusion is how do you get more users? You know, how do we advertise more? How do you get more people in to use a, a specific product? And I think that's the key rather than anything else. It's not just about I mean, changing how do you get more people. The truth of what you're saying, but at the same time, uh, building up now and maturing the chain now, while, the, while, while we're, we're now in front of a half bear market in a sense, um, and getting you know a bunch of chains added, blah blah. blah. And you're right, and so because it's a, it's a bearish market, and people aren't as excited anymore, you euphoric, and so people aren't going to respond to news as much as they did, you know, a few months ago or whatever. Uh, that's okay. We can still mature the chain. We can still build it. We can still expand. We can do things so that when we do have a, uh, a bull market again, things start getting euphoric again, and people start going kind of you know apeshit crazy. That we're already you know we're already set and ready to go. We already support 10 chains or 12 chains or whatever the hell the number is going to be or, and, you know, people are going to start swapping and, and learning more about it because it already integrates with, with their favorite chain, insert chain here. And so it's still value just constantly shipping, constantly, you know, provide more and more value to the network, even if it's a bear market. 
yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you, Chad, on that point. Um, because in a way, if if you're not making money, what are we doing? Just to think they're kind of fiddling your, your thumbs, don't want to do any swaps, nobody wants to sell in the bear market, and you're all sat on the coins in a way. So we might as well just program. I wish I could program because I'd be doing exactly that now. Um, I, the, the last thing I just want to ask about. I know it's slightly shelved and all that, but in, in all honesty, pe- people's psychology seems to forget everything within a few a few months, six months probably max, and people have forgotten given how crypto works. Six months in crypto is like, you know, 20 years. So, you know, you could see Luna, with d- despite that horrendous crash, which you can, the conspiracy, you know, conspiracy, I believe it's completely some form of internal work. It might not be by Do Kwan, it might be by some, some other big player, but people have forgotten within, you know, a month. And they, they're introducing Luna 2 and everybody's going to start buying and going crazy when like you, you're just ready to be burnt again. So I just don't think ThorFi should be shelved for a very long period of time. People will forget and people will move on. And you, you, you now have um, the benefit of hindsight of what happened to Luna and what and to, to then make a project that doesn't have those weaknesses and then succeed. Because looking at all tokens, the one that I actually think will do these big multiplies and do a big move in the next beginning of a, of a bull would probably be Rune more than anything else, especially at the price it is at the moment people will start scooping up rather than buying it at 10 and waiting for 100 and only getting a 10 multiplier you buy it with two and a half and you get yourself a 40 multiplier at 10 you know and this is where the vcs come in and scoop all the coins and some numpties are just selling them now thinking oh gosh you know it's it's 240 i'm gonna sell i'm gonna get out well off you go sell out and then you're the one who's gonna lose a multiplier and come back in the in the bull market and buy it 15 and 20 so that's me thank you thank you brother cool thanks uh, yeah, good space today, everybody. So thanks for coming out. And always much love to uh, Chad Barford for, uh, you know, taking the time out of the day. And, you know, just for, for all the work that goes into this protocol, because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people, not, not just Chad, but everybody that, um, you know, works to support the ThorChain protocol as the as Chad, the, the core team, Nine Realms, everyone uh, externally, the people who work for other projects like, like DoorSwap. And, uh, you know, Discord moderators have been working crazy hard these past couple of weeks to get, you know, to kind of correct course and uh, just continue on to the path that uh, ThorChain's been on for the past many years and will be on for the, for the foreseeable future for the next many years to come. So, um, you know, everyone's efforts is like really highly appreciated. So, you know, if you're, if you're in the community, you know, show, show some, uh, you know, everyone that's making this thing uh, continue. So... Thanks, everybody. And th- th- thanks, everyone, for listening, too. Uh, it's always cool to see how many people actually <laughs> tune into these things. These are a great, great way to learn about what's happening in, in ThorChain. So I appreciate everyone coming out. Yeah, how, yeah. how, bear, how bearish can the market be when we have, like, 200 people show up to this thing? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Exactly, yeah. I, I second that. You know, like, uh, ThorChads are just very much different than the rest of the market. And price will do its thing, you know, chains may come or go unexpectedly, <laughs> but Thorchads are, you know, doing their thing. And it's, uh, it's great to see, like you said, yeah, the core team is just pushing so much. Nine realms is up in the game. So you love to see it. So yeah, great job to everyone involved and, and the community for, you know, tuning into stuff like this and keeping their finger on the pulse of what's happening and, uh, you know, raising their concerns when they have them. I think that stuff's really important and helps everything move forward. So yeah. Huge props to everyone involved. So, thank you. Yeah. All cool. right. See you guys let's, next week. Uh, yeah, let's do it again next week. And if you're going to be in Austin on June 8th, then come say hi. Are, are you going to be there, Chad, by the way? I'm going to be there. Throw, are you going to be there? I am to be determined. I'll let you guys know soon. <laughs> Throw. Don't be a little bitch. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> I'm an I'm an anonymous Twitter personality. I can't just like show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. I definitely want to meet you guys, but I, I'm, I'm deciding. It would be great to shake your hand. Uh, you and I have been chatting online forever here. You know, not in a dating yeah. kind of way, obviously. Like, <laughs> Wait, it's not? That- <laughs> <laughs> We've been courting each other for a long period of time. I've, I've met another cow, uh, you know, a, a couple of times, I think, at least once. And I, I haven't met you yet. So it would be great to at least shake your hand and, and give you a hug. <laughs> I agree, man. It'll it'll happen at some point. Hopefully, I'll make it happen here. But if not, I'm sure it. I'm sure it will. So yeah, no, no, no pressure. All right, catch you guys. Sweet. All right, later. later.